Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. There is no script that's going to be a one-size-fits-all. I think that the point is that we both agree that it's important to stand up for your kid. It's important for you to respect your kid's boundaries and then for you to be able to say that for your kid if your kid isn't old enough to say that for him or herself. Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. And this is Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding family because, man, kids need to eat a lot. And frequently, too. <sighs> Y'all, Thanksgiving is next week. How did this even happen? I know. It, that's totally bananas. I I honestly can't believe it. I actually thought it was on the 29th. I told Mike it was on the 29th. <laughs> um, so Stacey, that's are where you, I am. Yeah. Oh, you're there. Stacey, <laughs> are you ready for Thanksgiving? Do um, you have any plans made? No. No. <laughs> I mean, we know where we're going. We know where we're going, but I spent all of last week holed up at my mom's house while she and my stepdad were in Florida finishing the manuscript, the first draft of my second cookbook. And I literally didn't, like I woke up at 6 a.m. I went to bed at 2 a.m. I didn't shower. I was barely in touch with my family. And then like I reemerged and now I'm like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Like, oh, I have a family and children and other li- and other work things in life. So no, I'm not prepared. 
I know that we're going to Boston to be with um, Mike's family. But other than that, that's pretty much all there is to it here. So everything has to come together in the next week. How about you guys? We, my husband's parents are coming to visit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they'll be here for a week. And we, we, I don't really 100% know what that will look like. <laughs> no, are they staying at your house? They're staying at our house. And um, one thing I love about Brian's dad, Mike, he's also a Mike, um, is that he does not like turkey. And he's like very clear that he does not like turkey. So when we lived in Georgia and we would host all of um, my husband's family, we always had a turkey for everybody else and then a ham for Mike. Nice. But this like year, a whole ham just for Mike, basically. <laughs> but I enjoy that because I, you know, we test so many turkeys. My whole like career, I've always been testing turkeys in like July and like months yeah, and months leading totally. up to. So by the time Thanksgiving arrives, I don't want to see another turkey ever again. Yeah. Totally. Um. So I always appreciated having the ham. Plus, ham leftovers are kind of great for sandwiches, and it freeze they freeze really well. But this year, I think we might skip a ham or turkey and just do steaks or like a beautiful beef tenderloin. Nice. And then do all I the traditional sides. Yeah. And like how I feel like you don't get to eat that often enough. We do that for Christmas every year. So do you? I never, ever, ever cook Thanksgiving dinner. Never. I, I'll, I always, always, always cook Thanksgiving That's so dinner. <laughs> That's so fun. Do you cook Christmas dinner too? Um, no, Brian's family – well, we don't have a new tradition since we've left Georgia, but um, Brian's family always does this really cool thing where we get together on Christmas Eve to exchange presents and we do like snack dinner. Everybody brings an appetizer. That's fun. It's so fun and it's like so not stressful. And then on Christmas Day with our little family, we just eat whatever we want to. Sometimes it's been special, like we've done steaks or some – I'm trying to think. Oh, we did fondue one year. That was really fun. Oh, that's really fun. But it's usually just the four of us. But I have a – my best friend Patty, her family for Christmas dinner, they do steak and lobster with her family, her mom and dad. And I just think that's like the most luxe, delicious – Christmas dinner. And Patty will always say her mom has this cute thing that she says. She's like, this This is like sitting at the table with her lobster and steak. And she's like, this is what heaven is probably like. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I do a beef tenderloin usually for Christmas dinner. Although one year I was really obsessed with Cuban, uh, not Cuban, Puerto Rican cooking. And I'd been doing a ton of just like experimenting with Puerto Rican and like Afro-Latin cooking. And I decided to surprise my Greek immigrant family with a completely Puerto Rican Christmas dinner, like and how down to the coquito, like no eggnog, like we're doing like traditional coquito. They all loved it. It was awesome. They? Like That's mashed awesome. plantains, like rice and beans. Like I made the like traditional sofrito. It was really, really good. But yeah, but we usually do beef tenderloin. I love it. So I want to ask a question that will kind of get to the heart of what today's episode is, is about. Do you feel pressure, especially as a food writer, food editor, to like have an awesome holiday meal, whether it's whether it's Thanksgiving or whether it's Christmas, and do you get like stressed in the days leading up to holidays? I, you know, I don't know. So I feel like 
I don't know. I feel kind of mixed. I always feel a little bit disappointed that I'm not cooking more on Thanksgiving. But then like when it really comes down to it, I'm kind of glad. Like when I see everybody like rushing around the kitchen and stressed, I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice because I cook so frequently that I'm glad that I can kind of tap in when I want and just kind of be helpful and then tap out when I don't want to and that it's not my house because I'm always traveling for Thanksgiving. We're always going to somebody else's house, whether it's my sister's house. For a long time, we were going to my dad's house. We're going to um, my father-in-law's house this year. Christmas I like doing because it's I have more time. You know, there's like Christmas break and um, my husband's office closes the week between Christmas and New Year's. So I just feel like it's a much more relaxed time than Thanksgiving for me. And that's really nice. Like everybody's in pajamas and there's the whole day. And I feel like I can really kind of do it at my own pace, although it inevitably gets hectic at the end, no matter how hard I've planned. There's that last hour where I'm like sweating and I'm like, everybody out of my kitchen. <laughs> like, this is and it. you're, this swearing, is game you're time. swearing to the beef tenderloin, like yes. UMF. Game time. And I've got like the butter that I'm pouring over yes. with the rosemary. And I'm like, move it, move it, move it. I need a perfect crust. <laughs> But I, you know, I let I kind of like it <laughs> at the same time. Um, I actually feel more bad when I'm writing all those posts like November first. <laughs> yes, yes. This is I what carry I want for the regular about. people. <laughs> because you know, we whether we like feel annoyed in the moment when we're cooking or not. Listen, here's the deal: we we love to cook. We just do, you know, and it's it's the sometimes I feel like because of like SEO and and clicks and and selling magazines and you know all this stuff. It's like at the end of the day, we work in an industry and it's a really saturated one, and you know we have bosses who have bosses, and. <laughs> It's a really hard competitive field and, you know, we're asked to do stuff that I feel like ultimately puts a lot of pressure on home cooks. It's true. We have this, I have this phrase that we use, which is that we're aggressively helpful. And I think- Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. I am actually aggressively helpful in real life. <laughs> I I'm, feel like I'm apologizing for it constantly, but- it's sort of this interesting thing where food media, like, we want to help. That is our heart and soul of why anyone who writes about food is, like, not because they just want to eat delicious food. It's because they want to help everyone eat delicious food, whether they're, like, a Bon Appetit editor just, you know, saying these are the best places to go eat or whether it's someone from Kitchen or All Recipe or Cool Mom Eats that's, like, telling you the best way to prep for Thanksgiving or to feed your family. It all comes from a place of wanting to help. But yes, it's slowly morphed into this thing, which is about ad dollars and about page views, especially for food magazines online that they like the holidays are a great time for them because a lot of people are visiting the sites looking at recipes and hopefully they're legacy recipes that have been around for a long time and people are reading the comments and asking questions and we definitely try to make those longstanding things like how to roast a turkey um, very service-driven and very helpful. But I wanted to read this tweet yeah. from Shauna Siever, who was a guest on episode 13. 
I hope that's the right number. We'll link to it in the show notes. But she said- So brilliant. So brilliant. So funny. And just, I was like, yes, hand claps. Every year, I think maybe this will be it. The year that food media stops discussing the preparation of Thanksgiving dinner as though we will all be competing in an Olympic decathlon in a war zone naked. (laughs) Alas, this is not that year. (laughs) Ah, there's so much to love about this tweet, but I think that what I want to say most is I hope that people don't feel like Thanksgiving is as big a deal as maybe food media and parenting media makes it out to be. As someone who loves cooking Thanksgiving dinner and loves hosting my family and feeding other people, I don't spend as much time planning and prepping for Thanksgiving as you might think that I do. Like I literally just scribbled notes of what I think we will eat next week on a piece of paper. And that's as much planning as I've done. Yeah. I mean, I think people also lose sight of the fact that our favorite things to eat on these holidays are the simple basics. Like we don't want turkey roulade, you know, like just want like a good roasted bird. And, you know, if you don't like turkey, then like some ham. Like, you know, like. Roast a couple chickens if it's just your family, like your small family and you still want leftovers. Totally. Like, it's just, just the basics. Like, just get back to the basics. Like, holidays are the best time to get back to the basics, you know, and to like get some help too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh my goodness. The, can I write a permission slip? You know how much I love to do this. I did. Let I me know. write aggressively your helpful. <laughs> She's getting aggressively helpful again. Here's your aggressively helpful permission, permission slip. Because slip. you know where permission slip means like, I need you to do this right now, okay? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Whatever part of of Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah dinners that you can outsource that you don't like to do, yes. outsource it. Buy the desserts. We, the kitchen has tons of stories about, like we reviewed frozen pumpkin pies. We reviewed pre-made pie crusts and we'll tell you which ones are the best because sometimes a shortcut tastes delicious. I mean, Stacy wrote a whole book, Make It Easy, that is like about how you can make different like staples, but do it easily. And there's a whole section about like what store-bought shortcuts you love So you, I mean, you're the best person to speak to this. Totally. Totally. I'm all about shortcuts, you know, and what I focused on in Make It Easy is really looking at uh, supermarket shortcuts that were on the healthier side. And, you know, that's a funny word to use. But for me, that was really about just like a simple, short ingredients list that was for the most part all natural with pretty like few additives, you know, staying away from ingredients that weren't my cup of tea, like high fructose corn syrup, but they exist, including pie crusts, including like pre-made doughs. Um, And even you like, you know, gourmet food people, there's a site that we used to talk about all the time on Cool Mom Eats called Gold Belly. And we'll put this in the show notes, gold, B-E-L-L-Y.com, that highlights local indie um, gourmet foods from all around the country, right? 
So like America's, they their tagline is America's most popular foods right now. So like sweet potato pie from like the most famous place in like Alabama or whatever it is. And then they empower these small indie makers and sellers to mail order these foods all around. So you can get these like delicious pies from like Texas or New York or Pennsylvania, like shipped to you, right? So mail order your pies. Like there's delicious stuff available to you. Do you know what one of my favorite things is on Thanksgiving? And I'm actually really excited my in-laws are going to be here because it means we get to have it. My mother-in-law always buys a Marie Calendar frozen chocolate cream pie. I will never – I never buy – like, we love it, but I don't buy it throughout the year. But I feel like on Thanksgiving, she brings it to, like, help. That's her contribution to Thanksgiving dinner. And it feels like such a treat that, like, I didn't make it. It tastes delicious. And it's, like, the one time of year where I get to eat it. Well, I just pulled up Gold Belly to look at the site, and right on the front page, chocolate hazelnut cream pie from Gramercy Tavern in New York. Yes. Oh, that looks delicious, although it's $79, so bye-bye. Uh, Marie <laughs> Calendars, it is. Um, Marie Calendars, They have is. more affordable stuff, too, but I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, so permission slip. That was, that was aggressively helpful in a way that I totally approve of. Um, and I didn't mean to make fun of you because I'm aggressively helpful. I love Thank it. Thank you very much. Feel free to make fun of me for being aggressively friendly. No, helpful. I love you too much. So there's something else I want to add to this before okay. we move on, which is, is about that chocolate cream pie. It will in a weird, <laughs> maybe roundabout way, <laughs> is that the food media stuff. Okay, so we put pressure on people to cook, right? Because we're like, and this year it's the chipotle honey roasted turkey butterflied and turned inside out, double brined, you have to try it. There's also, there's the cooking piece of it. And then there's this eating piece of it. Okay. And just bear with me for a minute. But we go from like Thanksgiving, which is like pie, butter, potatoes, sweet potatoes, more butter, delicious, to cookie season, right? All the like cookie swap stuff. And then there's the like Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, all the like other holiday meals. And then there's New Year's Eve. So there's all the cocktail party stuff. Wait, you forgot the like weeks on end of drinking eggnog in the evening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So drink cream. <laughs> so drink some cream. Cream and eggs. <laughs> cream and eggs. <laughs> and booze. And then, right, and deviled eggs and bacon wrapped dates stuffed with nuts mm. And, mm. and Christmas bark. Yeah, yes. Christmas yeah. bark. Right. And then and then debauchery. Then like booze, like booze it up for New Year's Eve. Lots of booze. All booze, the booze, champagne, booze. some caviar. There you go. Yes. Then we get one day of beans for good luck. Which actually right? is like one of my favorite <laughs> eating days of the year. I love making really? hop and john. Yeah. Collard greens and black eyed peas and rice. It's my favorite. It's like very American in a way that's foreign to me. Like I just learned about it like 10 years ago. I was like, what? what's up with the beans on New Year's Day? I had no idea. Growing up Greek, you don't – this is not something you know about. That's fair. Um, okay. But after that, all of a sudden, like they just – and they meaning us because we're part of the food media industry. We just flip the switch on you. Like it's like – Full stop. 
Full stop. It's like that never happened. It's like we just erase. We just put Forget all of that away in a box. Everything you were just doing. It is now time for smoothies and kale salads only. Yeah. Like we put it away. We lock it in a box. It's like it's all down. Like it's down. It's like you look in our archives. Ah, uh-uh, we hit it. Like we're not pulling that out until like <laughs> October next year. Uh. And now it's like soup and cabbage and whole thirty and kales and smoothies. And, like, I also just feel like we're complicit in this, like, weird diet culture thing. And, like, the whole time there's, like, even though we're not talking about diet culture, because, like, most of us are not diet people. Yeah. Um, But there is this, like, we kind of run on parallel tracks with all these people who we kind of don't appreciate. And behind the scenes, we might talk about it, who are like, um, like, how do you go to the cocktail party and not eat? You know what I mean? Like, be sure to drink lots of water before you go to the cocktail party so you don't eat too much. And we're well, like, that's, that's the flip so side of the indulgence up. thing, right? Like, we have two yeah. different uh, – like, we're assaulted from all sides. We're assaulted with like, oh, we should be indulging and enjoying and like – have this revelry in the season, but at the same time, we should drink enough water and fill up on greens before we go to the cocktail party. Um, And then the thing happens in January where it's like, oh, actually, we're all going to be good, quote unquote, good, and eat healthy for the next month to like realign ourselves. And I'm not saying like that's bad. I'm not saying that's bad if that's how you want to live your life. But I think Stacey and I talk about this outside the podcast a lot, that both of us are trying to navigate enjoying food that we like to eat and stop and not feel guilty. So like having a glass of eggnog when we really want it, not just when we really want it, but when we want it, when we want to enjoy it. And like then also having a kale salad when we really want it, whether it's in December or in January. Yeah, I'm definitely like hardcore actively seeking out trying to reject a diet mentality, which is very much a part of ingrained in me. And it creeps up on me every holiday season. And it starts right now. It starts right around Halloween. And so I'm going to throw up a bunch of links for that I have been finding really helpful around intuitive eating. Most of them are people on Instagram because Instagram is just so visual And for a long time, I was following a lot of I thought were healthy influencers who were actually making me feel not healthy and making me feel really bad. And I kind of cleared it out and instead have started following a lot of um, dietitians who are anti-diet and pro-intuitive eating. And I've just learned what intuitive eating is. And the very first link I'll throw up is a site called Eatthority, E-A-T-H-O-R-I. I-T-Y, because their Instagram post that just goes through the 10 principles of what intuitive eating is was very eye-opening for me. And then I'll put a bunch of other accounts that I think are helpful. You may or may not. But it's, I think, really, for me, really centering this time of year to just kind of like realign myself with intuitive eating, not just for myself, but also as I go into thinking about my work and what kind of material I put out there and like just having the right mindset with how I talk about food for others as well. I have a couple of accounts I'm going to throw into our episode notes too, because I'm in the same boat as you. 
I'm looking for sanity and sustainability in my diet. And I, I feel like one of the ways that we can help ourselves in that way is to follow diverse accounts, like not just baking accounts where it's like chocolate cake and Christmas bark and also not just like beautiful health accounts either. Like we need real practical advice too. Totally. We're going to answer some practical questions yeah, about Thanksgiving. Of but first, a quick break with our sponsors, Radish Kids. Hey, Megan, I'm going to share with you a universal truth of life. Even grownups who don't like to cook love to eat. Ah, you're very clever, Stacy. But I have an even deeper truth that many seek to know. Even kids who don't like to eat everything love to cook everything. How are you so wise, Megan? <laughs> It's easy because I know that when kids cook, they learn in a real-life way that's fun and engaging. That's why we love our sponsor, Radish, so much. It's a cooking kit for kids 2 to 14 years old that delivers illustrated recipe guides, activities, a kitchen tool, conversation cards, and more every month to get kids and their families in the kitchen together. And we know that it works for such a big range of kids because we've given it to all four of our very own kids from four to nearly 12 years old. And they've had so much fun that Radish is on the top of our holiday gift list for everyone with kids. And we think it should be on the top of yours too. To learn more about how Radish subscriptions work, what's included, and pricing options, go to radishkids.com. www.raddishkids.com. All right, Stacey, we polled our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners group, and we asked them for their questions about Thanksgiving, cooking and eating with our families, with our kids. And I'm going to put you on the spot and make you answer the first question from Rosa. (laughs) Rosa. The question is, dealing with relatives who want your kids to eat something they refuse. I always hated Thanksgiving growing up for this reason. Yeah. I mean, that's a very funny because no one really makes my kids do that. But um, I definitely come from, well, you guys know by now, I always say, talk about how I'm Greek. And like Greeks are very much a like clean your plate kind of culture. Yep. And really recently, actually, I've gotten myself out of this. And I have to say, our conversation, I don't remember what episode, we'll have to link to it. Um, where we spoke with um, Jill Castle. Yeah. How did you yeah. know that? Episode 12. Episode 12, where we spoke with Jill Castle. And she really kind of helped orient me towards like not like letting kids just figure it out for themselves. I was kind of already there, but like she was really, she reminded me to just be really serious about it. And I got myself back on track. And not very long after that, I was at my mom's house and my mom kept like telling the kids to like finish their salmon. And Isaac was like, I'm full. And like, he's so tall. He's almost as tall as me. And I was looking at this like large person (laughs) Like, tell my mother, who's, like, shorter than me, so they're, like, almost the same height, like, repeatedly say to her, like, I'm full. And, like, having just spoken to Jill, it just, like, clicked. I was like, Mom, he's full. Like, will you just listen to him and leave him alone? You know? And, like, afterwards, I sat down and I spoke with her. And my mom's actually really receptive to this stuff and really interested in nutrition. And we had a really great conversation. And it kind of helped solidify it for me, repeating what Jill said. And it clicked for her. And it was really great. We had a great talk about it. 
So I'm lucky that I have a family that's receptive and interested in this stuff. It's hard if you don't. I don't know. I'm I'm like a go to bat for your kids kind of mama bear. I got to say, like I just like I'm one of those moms who's like this is what I want for my kids and this is the way it's going to be. So please respect that. I think it's really important that you um say it respectfully and kindly and not defensively and explain yourself and be open to having a conversation and hope that your family can listen. And, you know, if they don't be a little bit flexible, especially if you're in their home, you know, because kids do also need to learn that different grownups have different ways of being and kids need to be flexible too. So you need to model that for them. And, you know, there are different ways that you have to be in different people's homes. Um, I don't know, Megan, how do you feel about it? Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here holding my breath because I want to use your own words to answer <laughs> the question. Go ahead. You said in an episode about picky eating, I want to say it was like episode 10 or 11, you said kids are allowed to not like mom and dad. Yeah. So I Can- feel like not trying to be defensive and not trying to cause tension in your family, but I think it's really easy to turn to your your aunt or – your mother-in-law and say, you know what? Emma isn't allowed to not like this, Aunt Gina. Like yeah, that's all you have can to you say. S- but can you say it? Like, can you say it like that? I'm trying to be really polite because it's the holidays and I'm so used to being around people who I get I in fights with about politics. <laughs> I wonder if you just say it in like a way that you're joking. Not joking, but half joking, where you're like, they're not allowed to they're allowed to not like Aunt Gina. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Gina, back the F off, (laughs) my kid. I do think it's important to stand up for your kids when it comes to your relatives. And I do think just politely saying, oh, we have a rule that you're allowed to not like things. Or I feel like that's not the best way to say it, but I'm sure there's a way to say it where you just say that. Yeah. I mean, I do. I think we're – I think – I think we're probably struggling with the way to say it because there is no script that's going to be a one-size-fits-all. I think that the point is that we both agree that it's important to stand up for your kid. It's important to for you to respect your kid's boundaries and then for you to be able to say that for your kid if your kid isn't old enough to say that for him or herself. Yes. And that you need to do that respectfully, though, because you're really modeling for your child what you want your child to be able to say for him or herself in the future. Yeah. I think maybe that little phrase, like, don't yuck on someone's yum, can Mm -hmm. be reversed, too, where it's like, oh, we don't yuck on each other's yums, and we don't yum each other's yucks. No, that's not it. (laughs) No, but I know what you're saying. Like, we don't force our kid to eat, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if it's if you have a really friendly situation, I mean, is it really important to Aunt Gina that your kid try something? I don't know. I mean, there's a really good article on the kitchen that another writer wrote that I am blanking on their name and we'll link to it. And they talk about this like they have a picky eater and they just don't force them to eat things on Thanksgiving. I also think holidays are not the moment. It's not the time. It's you know, really and not. that might be the thing. And another thing that I just had a thought too, that could be the refrain that, you know, like 
we don't like this is not the moment there is a lot going on and especially for a picky eater who has sensory issues yeah there's a lot of people there's a lot of sensory input there it can be very overwhelming so, so a kid who already has a lot going on this is this is not the time that they're going to try something new yeah it's okay to say holidays are meant to be enjoyed they're not the time to feel pressure to try new foods. Off, tell Angina, you know what? This is not going to be a time when, you know, he's going to do this. Why don't you pack up some for us and we'll try some at home and let you know if you liked it or not. Yes, Stacy, hand clap. That's there you the, go, right? That's the way. So like you can you can show kindness and respect in another way without forcing your kid to eat. Ooh, that was a a tougher one than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Woo, took us a while on. to let's get. Let's move on. It took us a okay, while to I get there. I'm going to jump outside of our listener questions and ask my own question. Do it. When will my kids be old enough to understand that they don't need to eat breakfast on Thanksgiving morning? My kids are Never. still so young. <laughs> and I'm like hustling. You know, Thanksgiving is a full day of cooking, even if you don't, especially if you don't do a lot of prep leading up to it. And like, I also always have to think about breakfast for my little kids. Do your older boys, Wait. are they game to skip breakfast on no. Thanksgiving? Megan, I, can we dig a little deeper into this question? <laughs> I don't feel like this question's about your kids. I feel like it's questions. I'm going to reframe this question. Is okay. this question, when do I have to not make breakfast? Yeah. Can I skip breakfast yeah. on Thanksgiving morning? No, I think the question, yeah, I think the question is when do I have to not deal with breakfast Yes, is the question. Right. So that's when, like, you know, when they're like six or seven, when they can pour themselves cereal. Like, yes. take the cereal box and get out of my kitchen. That's like, smart. Yeah. Go yeah. into the living room. And that's another like point circling back to our conversation before the break where you're going to start to see in the next week roundups for like Make ahead breakfast for Thanksgiving oh, yeah. morning. A uh, box of cereal is yeah, just I fine, can't you guys. Even. And can we also talk about the Thanksgiving calendars and all the make ahead recipes? F you. Make ahead, I'm making dinner. Yeah. What am I? I'm not making the turkey. I'm not making the stuffing a week and a half ahead. I'm making stir fry because my kids still need to eat dinner. Like, I yeah. don't understand. But I, also, if I don't you know. do feel like you want to prep stuff ahead of time, it's okay to do takeout for dinner or a box mac and cheese. It or is, whatever but do people really do. do that? I don't understand. I like to I do a cut, little bit of prep. I cut vegetables. Like for I, Christmas dinner, I, I cut vegetables ahead. I, on the day of a big meal, don't like to chop. Yeah. That's my that's rule. Fair. Yeah. Because so I just want to be cooking. Like, in the days leading up to it. I don't know. I never heard of that. And like make ahead breakfast. You got to be kidding me. No, some people are, you know. Although Christmas, I do way. do make ahead. We do too. Rolls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good question talking about prep. This question from Andrea Ballard, who's one of our listeners in our Didn't I Just Feed You Facebook group that you should join. There's a secret password we'll give you at the end. Um, ways to integrate <laughs> kids into the big meal. And I feel like this is a great tie into this month's sponsor, Radish Kids. It is. Because they have a bunch of resources on their website, recipes and ideas about how you can um, involve your kids in cooking. And their subscription box this month has three kid-friendly recipes that they can cook basically on their own. We actually just made the corn pudding this weekend as like to see if we liked it and if we we're going to do it on Thanksgiving. And it was really good. And my six, almost seven-year-old basically did everything but put it in the oven herself. Isn't it awesome? It is pretty awesome. And I have to tell you, because this is not 
part of the sponsored message, we're just riffing here, that I actually think that getting kids in the kitchen is a much more effective way to integrate kids into the meal than trying to get them to eat. Yes. I think trying to get kids to sit at a big holiday table and trying to get kids to eat on whatever schedule the grownups are eating at is a losing proposition. And I have older children. I I just don't. I mean, even my kids can come and sit at the Thanksgiving table, and they do, like they're nine and 11, but they, it's 10 minutes max before they want to go play and go, or like go video games or go check their phone or go watch the football game. And the little one doesn't like anything. He doesn't like mashed potatoes. He doesn't like meat. The turkey has skin. Like the Brussels sprouts are not the way he likes them. Like it's an endless, it's an endless stream of complaints that just ruins my meal. Isaac shovels what he wants in like two minutes, but in the meantime, he's been hungry the whole day. So he's been picking and eating and picking and eating. So he's not hungry when we sit down. Inevitably, he's hungry like 10 minutes after everything's been cleaned up. Like it's, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a show. There's really like no the other way to put it. It's like the whole premise of this podcast. Didn't I just feed you? No, seriously. I, literally, there was 100 pounds of food just on this yeah. counter, and now you're hungry? I, it's it's not a joke. It's every <laughs> holiday meal. It's not a joke. So I think that getting kids in the kitchen and cooking, cute projects, really simple things. There's tons of stuff like that on Cool Mom Eats. Radish Kids box, like subscribing to that or getting just the holiday box, like helping them prep if they're interested. Like, yeah, that if they just is have great. one um, recipe on the table, one dish, they feel a lot of pride and they're like more invested in the big meal. Totally. So I would say if you can get them to cook something, we also, because my kids are a little bit younger and this is really the first year that they will contribute something to the Thanksgiving table, in the past, we have done. Um, what we call Charlie Brown Thanksgiving platter. I There's a photo of it in my Instagram from last year, and I'll share. But if you've ever watched the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special, Charlie cooks this, cooks, quote unquote, this meal that's like popcorn, pretzels, jelly beans, and toast. And so we make that as like an appetizer snack platter. But also sometimes that's what my kids eat at the Thanksgiving table is like popcorn and pretzels and um, little bites of like green bean casserole, whatever things they are game to try. And then I don't have to worry about like that they're hungry and it's fun and it's a fun tradition. So creating traditions is another way to integrate them into the big meal. I love that. I was going to say also like kick the meal off or end the meal, like invite them for some part of the meal where there is a verbal tradition or some sort of family tradition that has nothing to do with food, whether it's going around and saying what you're thankful for or whatever it's going to be where they're invited in for some sort of like family moment. That's not about the food. It's not not about about the the food. food and let them be free. Because all of this, all of our conversation about how ridiculous food media can make these holidays be, the indulgence and how ridiculous that can be, and all these questions we're answering, comes back to the fact that Thanksgiving is about spending time with our family. It is not about the food. Whatever shortcuts you want to take, if you have a really cool tradition where you guys have pizza on Thanksgiving, do that and have no guilt. It's about spending time with your family. Totally. I feel like that might be the best way to end this. I know we have one more question, which is about kid-friendly recipe, leftover recipes from Betsy. And we're going to put a bunch of links in our show notes so you can link straight to that. 
Can we just um, do like a quick fire round of like your top three tips for cooking? I just feel like people like to hear our tips for cooking, like your th- top for three Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving cooking. OMG. Is that too hard? You want me to do <laughs> no. it? I have some. I'll go. Okay, okay go. Ooh, Stacey, I'll go. Go. Okay. Ah, okay. Consider butterflying your turkey. Yes. It cooks faster, crispier skin, juicier skin. You do have to be careful on your timing, but it really works. And butterflying can- is like you take the backbone out yep. so that it's roast flat. You can also look up. What's the other word? Spatchcock. Spatchcock. <laughs> See, it wasn't just Jill Castle. I have no words today. Good day to record the podcast. You okay. put all of Spatchcock. your words into a cookbook. Spatchcock your turkey, and then you get to look up spatchcock. Okay, number one. Two books I want to give you for really good basics, okay? Um, Sam Sifton, Thanksgiving. It's a little but mighty cookbook. That's great. Little but mighty. Julia Tertian just released a cookbook. I have a feeling we'll be talking about it again before the end of the year. It's called Now and Again. It is so good. Julia Tertian, T-U-R-S-H-E-N. It's not a Thanksgiving cookbook, so you're going to use it way beyond. It's worth every dime, but there are Thanksgiving recipes in here that are great, and you could use that. And it's all about using up leftovers, too. It is. Or not using them up, but repurposing them, the magic of that. Okay. And another thing, for sticking to basics, forget about all the fancy vegetable recipes. Just whatever vegetables you have, I swear, any of them, roast them. And then focus on like one or two delicious sauces. So here's what I'm saying, okay? Like if you have squash, roast it, and then put like a brown butter, brown butter, ginger, and shallot sauce over your squash. Chimichurri or pesto goes great over roasted veg, uh, over roasted carrots. Sour cream with fresh horseradish goes great over roasted beets or Brussels sprouts. Um, I'll put a couple of other ideas on the site, okay? So butterfly or spatchcock your turkey. Those two books that I mentioned, I'll have links up and use sauces on very simply roasted vegetables. Boom. Your Thanksgiving is done. Okay, your turn. (laughs) And we talked about potluck, which I want you to do. Someone else can do stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberries, veggies. Yeah, that leads right into what my like number one piece of advice. Right. If you're if you're hosting and you're dealing with relatives, one th- um, smart thing to do is to ask relatives to bring the one dish that's important to them. Great. So, like my uh, mother in law, she makes a squash casserole that the rest of my husband's family really loves, and I don't know how to make it, and I don't really care to make it, and so I just always ask her to bring it. Um, so take help when it's given. I feel like shortcut desserts. That's the next biggest tip I can give you. Buy the frozen pie, buy the pre-made pie from Whole Foods or Costco or Trader Joe's. Yeah, Trader Joe's. Um, But then make your own whipped cream. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things like buy the pre-made pies and make your own whipped cream makes any frozen pie feel decadent and celebratory. Can I tell you also Um, consider putting a little bit of maple syrup in your whipped cream. Yeah. yeah, right? A little sweetener, a little mm-hmm. vanilla, whatever you want to do to jazz jazz up your whipped cream makes it feel very personal. And then the last thing I would say is utilize your small appliances. Mashed potatoes made in the slow cooker makes your life so much easier. You're not babysitting boiling potatoes all day and then they can stay warm. If you have an instant pot, you can prep things like 
whole sweet potatoes in it and then make your sweet potato casserole. And this year will be my first year of trying to use my air fryer a little bit Ooh. for Thanksgiving prep. So I'll report back on how that goes, maybe in our listeners group. I like it. I like it like that. Can we go out That's with it. Cardi B? Oh, no, we don't have the rights to it. I like it <laughs> like don't, that. Don't, don't even sing it because we might have to edit oh, it Oh, yeah, out. you're right. Okay. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't edit it. I'm not doing her rap. I like. Uh, I'm just kidding. I like instant pots and da da Okay, I'm embarrassing myself. All right. And on that <laughs> note. On that note. Join us next week when we have parents editor Karen Cicero joining us with her favorite holiday gift ideas um, so we can all finish our chopping and get to the actual celebrating. Love that. And now that you listened to us, we want to listen to you. Give us a shout to say hello, ask questions, or say what you want us to cover. You can email us at hello at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or find us at didn't I just feed you on Instagram or Facebook? And while you're on Facebook, look for that private Facebook group that's just for our listeners. You'll be asked that super secret question that Megan mentioned. The answer is whiskey. Most importantly, if you enjoyed listening to us, tell your friends about Didn't I Just Feed You. Leave us a review on iTunes. It makes a big difference for new podcasts like ours. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. A big thanks to you, our listeners. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. Also, thank you to our editor, Jeremy, and his team at Counterweight Creative. This is Stacy, And this is Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. 